0: Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. I got a word. I got a message in my heart today and I hope today that you're encouraged as you leave this room and as you sign off the stream. Amen. I wore my glasses again because I felt like I preached better with my glasses on last time. So, I might just be preaching with glasses on from here on out. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read ver- uh, start reading at verses 27. We're going to read 27 through 30. And I am reading from the Passion Translation. This has become quickly one of my favorite translations of the Bible. Um, you should get it if you don't have it. It is a great, great Bible to have. It says this in verse 27. It says, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, for his holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. 28 says, so we are convinced that every detail." of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become, somebody say, just like him. Say it loud, just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness. Did I read that right? He transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Somebody say co-glorified. I'm going to need a little bit of this in the house if you don't mind, sir. Thank you. Um, I got a message today I want to preach called Two Goals. Somebody say two goals. Two goals. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you're going to say this morning. I pray that you speak through me in the name of Jesus. Amen. We spent the last six or seven weeks really diving into this truth that anything is possible. We've discussed how miracles, signs, and wonders can be a reality at any time and anywhere in our life. We talked about the courage it takes to keep the faith when all else seems to fail. We've discussed that we serve a king whose ways and thoughts are greater than our ways and thoughts. Amen? I'm grateful that I serve a king who don't think like me. He thinks better than me. Amen. Amen. We've talked tirelessly on how the acknowledgement of God's grace shifts all the glory to him. Moves His power to the forefront of our lives. How this grace and this knowledge of grace focuses our trust to solely uh, focuses our trust solely on Him, and it deepens our trust in Him. We've unpacked the truth that anything is possible with God, in spite of us. Somebody say, in spite of us. I love that God will use me while he knows me. Amen. Y'all, uh, y'all must glow in the dark. I don't glow in the dark, okay? I, I don't glow when I sleep. The light is, is dark. Amen. But God still will use me in spite of me with all my shortcomings, my downfalls, my issues, my lack of resources, my ignorance, my immaturity. My failed eloquence and and even at times my unwillingness, come on somebody you ever you ever been unwilling to do what God's asking you to do, huh Dave, you're going have to pump this mic because i I'm, I'm struggling up here, bro. We've embraced the power of the finished work of the cross that makes it possible for us to have perfect peace in the storm the finished work of the cross makes it possible for our families to be saved our finances to be redeemed and our brokenness to be mended and our healing to be a reality our joy to be restored and our hurts to be healed we've reiterated how grace makes it possible for us to throw in the towel and not lose the battle y'all remember that come on somebody Grace says, You give up, you be weak, I'll be strong. Amen. Because that same grace brings help, and help is always available. We learned that in our weakness, God is strong. And when we give up, grace goes to work. And when we're clueless, grace has a plan. Somebody say, Has a plan. We've been encouraged to never let a crowd, a situation, or a physical limitation tell us that it's over and that God is done with us. I'm preaching already and y'all ain't saying amen. Come on now, the last six weeks we've talked about the importance of crashing the chatterbox in our mind that tells us that we're not good enough. We've discussed how grace puts us in places where we don't seem to belong and where we're not qualified for. And it empowers us to stand in the middle of our struggle. Come on, somebody. We've embraced the truth that we are no longer the picture of who we used to be. I tell your neighbor, I ain't, I, I'm not who I used to be. Y'all, y'all say, they were, say, I'm not who I used to be. You know, this morning I was thinking about some stuff because I was thinking about Facebook and how I can't post anything during the political cycle because if I do, it turns into, you know, 800 comments. And and I thought to myself, I'm so glad I'm not who I used to be, and some, <laughs> and some of these folks on my Facebook posts should be glad that I'm not who I used to be, too. Amen. Come on, somebody. We've been... Embrace the truth that we're no longer in the picture of who we used to be and that we've moved from being broken to being a beacon of God's grace and God's overwhelming love. And now there's life in us. Yes, we've even embraced that we're no longer just surviving, that we are thriving. Somebody say, I'm thriving, and I can rejoice in that truth. But if we can be honest, can I keep it real? Can I keep it 100? It's hard to swallow that truth in the times that we live in. When we look at the suffering, the shaming, the fighting, the division, and a host of other things, it's hard to believe that anything is possible. In a time where people are losing loved ones left and right, and hate is being spewed out over the internet all the time on a constant, ba- I mean, constant basis. It's like an open faucet. People are being turned away from the gospel, and God is being represented as a man who's, or a child that's mean and vicious, wanting to punish us, waiting to judge us harshly. It's difficult to believe. That with God anything is possible. Can we just be honest? We struggle. If you online, you struggle with that. How do I re? How do I reconcile this idea and this truth that I know and this faith, this part of my faith that's grounded in this truth that with God anything is possible and with God I can do all things. But in 2020, somebody say 2020. That's a little bit more rough to carry out. But today I got good news for it. Somebody say good news. I don't have any bad news. I got good news. That no matter what we're facing today, anything is still possible. All things are still possible. Now, if you give me some, can I have a, just some permission to mess with your theology a little bit today. I'm gonna mess with it, all right? So get ready. I think if we're gonna live with this kind of faith, there's a new truth or a truth that's always been true, but we've been taught wrong that we need to embrace. Uh, I read a quote recently that said, "Every mile you go in the wrong direction is really a two-mile error," because unlearning is as twice as hard as learning. Amen. See, recently I've come into this truth. And get ready, because it's going to mess with your theology. Maybe you have. Maybe you already know this. Maybe I, I'm just. But I believe it's hard to live with this kind of faith because we have been taught over and over that God is in control. But a recent truth that I've come to embrace is that God is not in control. God is in charge. I'm going to say that again. God is not in control. God is in charge. Now, I know some of you just suck air straight up your rear end. Hey, man, you're like, wait a minute. But to say that God is in control, we will be saying that God has caused all the evil in the world. We will be saying that God has caused all the suffering and disparity in the world. And we know that is not true, right? How many of y'all woke up this morning and said, God, I'm looking forward to all the evil that you're going to cause in the world today? Nobody thinks that. Nobody believes that. But for us to label at God as in control, we have to give credit to him for the evil. And that's not so. See, dictionary.com and uh, whatever dictionary you want to find, it, it, could, it defines to be in control as the ability or able to direct a situation, person, or activity. Scripture teaches that God in his sovereignty would never force us into faith in and obedience to him. Why? Hear me. Why would God never force you? Because God desires friendship, not slavery. I'm going to say that one more time. God won't force you to obey him because he desires friendship, not slavery. Come on, somebody. See, the reality is that when you come into this revelation of his irresistible grace and love and mercy, and you recognize the great list to which he has chased after us, you cannot resist him. I like it. I like to say it. My wife can't resist me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. She already know when I walk into the room, oh, my Lord, Jesus. Because when she recognized the great lens that I went to to get her, come on, somebody. I bought her a CD and took her to Burger King. I was struggling. That's great lengths. Amen. I was irresistible. She's like, ooh, Lord, have mercy. He got that Burger King anointing all over him. See, God's not in control, but he is in charge. Somebody say in charge. Say in charge. I know if you're watching online, I want you to type in charge. Listen, recognizing God as being in charge means that we recognize God as being overall, and it shows God's power to direct the outcomes even when we make poor decisions and evil runs wild. Come on now. See, recognizing God as in charge gives us the ability to have peace in a storm. It gives us the ability to find strength during weakness and embrace joy in loss. Somebody say, in loss. See, as I've come into this revelation of scandalous grace, love, and mercy, I have found myself entering into a place of rest. Somebody say, rest. In this place, although it's difficult at times, my truth, My trust is unhindered in him, and my love for him grows deeper and deeper, and I have learned to let go and let God. I think for many of us, we need to learn how to live the let-go life. One of my favorite books, a great book to read, is by Joseph uh, Prince. It's talking about living the let-go life, finding rest and living in the rest of God. I've learned to seek him and his righteousness first. First. I've learned to believe that he is watching over my life and working every piece together even though I mess up and fall short of his glory and will for my life time the time. I've learned to embrace the truth that he loves me unconditionally with my imperfections and he pours his lavish love on my life in the midst of fears, doubts, and disappointments. See, God's not in control, but he's in charge. And Romans 8 teaches us and shows us this picture of how God is in charge. It says, for we know that all things work Together. Somebody say together. It shows a picture of God sitting back, viewing all the evil, all the things going on in where all of our poor decisions, all of our bad stuff, but still making the pieces fit together. It shows him, uh, a picture of him watching me go down a pathway that leads to destruction. Come on, somebody. But he chases me with his love and grace and mercy. And I turn and I embrace that love, grace, and mercy. And it doesn't show a picture of him making me start all the way over. It makes him, it shows him going, let's go this way. Come on. This is what Romans 8.28 shows. And see, up until recently, I really didn't know how to interpret this. I didn't know how to interpret the rest that I feel, the, the peace that I feel in the middle of all this. I didn't. I mean, you know, we we can say the church stuff. I got peace that goes beyond st- understanding and all this stuff. But uh, yesterday I was riding in the car, and I began to listen to some music, and I found, you know, one of my favorite artists, and I realized that he didn't put out like five CDs this year. I'm like, what? Oh, but CDs? My kids are like what? See, what is a CD? Uh, five albums this year. My, one of my favorite artists, his name is Canton Jones. And he wrote a song, and it's called Two Goals. Somebody say two goals. And he says, I got two goals. And when I was listening to it, it hit me real hard that I have the same goals. Somebody say two goals. Let's dive into it. The first goal is this, no stress. Can y'all say that with me? Say no stress. I'm going to say it one more time. Say no stress. I am learning how to live a life free of stress. My my wife made me a, a thing for my car this week. It's a little spray bottle where I can spray, and I got my stress-free oils in it. Amen. And I'll be driving down the road and I'm determined, somebody say determined, to live a life with no stress. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says this, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Ooh, can I read that again? And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back to the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned for as he raises, rises up within us. Our spirits join him in saying these words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Somebody say, I'm God's beloved child. Say it loud, I'm God's beloved child. And since we are his children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself and since we are joined to Christ, we are also inherited all that he is and all that he has. And we will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. What does that mean? It means when you accept the cross as payment for our sins, we become heirs with Christ. And when we rest in the power of the finished work of the cross, I can live a life of no stress. I can live a life of acceptance. I can live a life of reality that says to me, I am God's beloved child. And it doesn't matter what people say or what people do or how they feel or, you know, the political climate that we're in. I know who I am in Christ. Somebody say no stress. So I live my life and I ain't worried about no Facebook posts no more. I will live my life and I ain't worried about what you got to say about me on the news. <coughs> I live my life and I ain't worried about what you think about me. I will live my life and I ain't gonna be uh, d- directed but on your feelings or how I should act or not act or what I should say or not say. You know what? I'm living my life only as the scripture says by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And so if God directs me, I'm gonna do it. Amen. If God says to Go lay hands on the sick, I'm going to go lay hands on the sick. If he says to bless somebody, I'm going to bless somebody. If he says to ignore you, I'm going to ignore you. Come on somebody, because I'm not going to live my life directed by people going to live my life submitted to Christ. Somebody say no stress. Somebody say no stress. I want to encourage you today to stop letting these folks stress you out. I want to encourage you today stop letting people stress you out you know what you need to get you need to get that snooze anointing somebody say snooze anointing amen. I discovered that snooze button on Facebook and I will use that thing with the quickness amen because I'm determined to live my life with no stress Come on somebody See we keep trying we keep trying. Two, we keep giving power to people who don't mean nothing. We give way too much credit to people that we're not even friends with in real life. I got 5,000 friends on Facebook. And half of them, most of them get on my nerves. Come on, somebody. Y'all in the other half. Come on. But a good portion of it, I'll just be like, you just woke up and drank drama for breakfast this morning. you just a drama queen, drama queen, a king. you just drama, drama, drama. Every t- and, you know, sometimes I get on Facebook and I start seeing negativity in me. And meaning. I think, oh, what, well, the 30 days is up. Let me restart this thing. Come on. I'm determined to live with no stress. Here's the second thing. Are you ready for this? And I'm going to say it exactly how he said it. He said, put a hole in the devil's chest. Can we say that out loud? Say, put a hole in the devil's chest. Mark 16, verses 15 to 18 says this, and he said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire, somebody say entire, somebody say Entire. Not just right and not just left, the entire human race. And whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Somebody say put a hole in the devil's chest. In other words, what the scripture is saying is that, uh, you know what, now that I've come and I've died and I've finished the work of the cross, it's only one thing you need to do, and that's time to snatch people out of the kingdom of darkness, out of hell. It's time to tell people the good news of what Jesus has done. I ain't got time to be worried about what you think about me. I got time to worry about how many people are going to hear this good news of the gospel, that there's a God who loves Them unconditionally, who's not changed, who's not worried or scared of your issues, but who wants you, who desires you. In the middle, come on. Somebody say, put a hole in the devil's chest. And we need to start rising up as the people of God. It's time for us to step up, and it's time for us to storm the kingdom of hell with water guns or whatever we can find and let the devil know that he has no power anymore, that he is null and void and powerless, declares the Lord. See, listen, when we were talking about the name prevail, Uh, a friend told me this he said and he brought it to my attention I never read the scripture like this but the the scripture that says and the gates of hell will not prevail he talks about that and he said listen here's the reality listen the gates of hell will not prevail that was not anything talking about uh, gates of hell Uh, gates denotes that he was trying to keep us out that we were on the offense And hell's on the defense. What does that mean? That means that hell wants to do nothing more but keep you from telling people the good news. And if he can get us tied down and bogged down in political arguments and, and all of these crazy things going on in the world, then we can't really begin to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. I can't tell people about a Christ, a Lord that died for them on the cross, that, that finished the work of the cross, their full grace and love because I'm so worried about making sure people are left or right. But how many of you know that when it comes to the gospel, Christ is not left or right? Oh, I'm about to preach it up in here. He ain't Republican or Democrat. Come on, somebody. Jesus is Jesus. Come on now. His standard is higher than ours. His grace is better than ours. His love is greater than ours. So when he shows up on the scene, he raises a standard of all of our standards. And when we sit around and try to argue over and over who's got the better standards, when we put it in light of Jesus Christ, we all are filthy rags. But thank God for the cross because the cross pours blood on us that says you are covered no matter what you're doing. So I'm grateful today that God's been working some things out for my good. I'm excited today to know this truth, that God is on my side. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? You need to learn how to wake up every morning and say, you know what? The Lord is for me. Nobody can be against me. You need to learn how to wake up every morning and say, Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I need you to, I need to encourage you and challenge you to stand up every single day and say, I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because of the finished work, I am completely and 100% loved. And because of the walk the work of the cross, I no longer have to strive for his love. I'm completely loved. Amen. So as I begin to land this plane, I felt like we should rejoice in this truth that God is working it out for our good. Somebody say for our good. Somebody say, for our good. Uh, tell your neighbor, say, it's for my good. I'm a, y'all need to say it like you believe it. Type it online. Say, it's for my good. It's not for anything else. It's for my good. And behind the scenes, no matter how much it, how out of control it looks out here, God is working behind the scene for your good. And I was talking to the worship team this morning, I said, I want to I sing a song. I want to sing a song. I want us to rejoice. Y'all want to rejoice a little bit? Are y'all okay with that? Can we have a little fun before we leave? We're going to do it. You're going to have to, David, you're going to have to unmute me here, bro. Oh, you got me. We gonna have a little fun. Go ahead. Come on, y'all, stand up. Come on, stand up. Shout it! Come on up, we go.
1: All these work together for my good. All things work together for my good Well I know that all things work together for my good Well I know kirby, that all things work together zest. for my good Well I, I know, I know that all it. things work together for my good Well I know that all things work together for my good that all things work together for my good. And I know that all things work together for my good. It's for my good, it's for my good. things work together for my good. But I know that all things work together for my good. And I know that all things work together for my good. And I know that all things work together for my good. And I know that all things work for my good. Y'all never sing it like you believe it. For my good. I know. All these for my Come on. It's for my good. Come for
0: for my good.
1: It's for my, my good. good. Come on. It's for my How do you know? Jesus said it, and I believe I believe it. it. I danced for dance I on dance on it, danced for it, danced on and it, and He worked it out. Worked it out. Worked it out. She Jesus said it, and I believe it. I believe it. I danced for it, danced for it, danced on it, and He worked it out. Worked it out. Worked it out. Worked it out. Jesus said it, and I believe. I did it, I did it, I I can not I it, it, I it, I did I can't I it, I it, I did I did I can it, I it, I did I I it, I it, I I did it, not I dance? I did it, I it, I I did it, I did I did I I it, 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 the together for my I know that all work together for my good. That's all things 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 work together for my good. All days work together for my good, and Jesus said it, and I believe, and I believe it, I did it, I did it, I did it, I worked it out, worked it out, Jesus, Jesus said it, and I believe.
0: Yelling, I'm Don't
1: it, I did,
0: not I did,
1: not it? I did, I I did, not it? I did, not I not it? I I not all things together for my good, and I know that all things work together for my good, and I know that all things work together for my good, and I that all things work together for my good, and that. All things work together for my
0: good. And I know that all things work together for my good. for my good. Come on, put those hands together. Put those hands together. Are y'all done? Amen. Lord, have mercy. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Lord, that we rest in the truth that we know that you're on our side, that you're always working things out for our good. And God, I thank you that today, even as tired as I am right now, I can trust you no matter what I'm facing, and I can rest in the truth that you love me unconditionally, that your grace is sufficient for me. God, that you're not turned off by my shortcomings, but you're embracing me. You're you're chasing after me wholeheartedly, loving me, caring for me, inviting me into the fold, into the family. So i know you as Father. And I thank you for who you are. I want to do this before we leave. That's anybody in this room or even people watching online. You say, Fred, I don't know that kind of joy. I don't know that kind of excitement. I, I don't know because I don't, I don't know Christ like that. I want to invite you into a relationship with him. Listen, a prayer does not make does not make you more lovable by God but acknowledgement and acceptance of his grace and his, the work of the cross for your life. what changes everything and it's not going to happen overnight but it invites you into a relationship into a pathway now that you can begin to see God do some amazing things for him so I want to invite you to that relationship with Christ and if you're watching online I would love for you to maybe shoot me a message or shoot the page a message let us know and if you're in this room I invite you that relationship. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Anybody in this room, you can just wave your hand at me. So I know am praying for. And if not, I'm excited. I'm rejoicing because we all know that God, that we're loved by God unconditionally. Amen.
1: Thank
0: you, Lord. Let me pray for us. Come on, if you're watching online, anybody, let's just just repeat this prayer after me. The Lord, today, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge the work of the cross, and I accept it as the price paid for my life. Thank you for your overwhelming love, your scandalous grace, and your never-ending mercy. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.